the party. Having reached a strange door far, far below the city of Mainstay in the Eastern Fell, have come to an impasse. Karagas still ponders the mechanisms of this barrier that stands before them. But while he does, something else unfolds as Rolandir, the Kraley Fornorst, and Val confront Vamok. Leading this band up towards Vamok of Val and Fornorst, uh, Rolandir approaches and just says, Vamok, I've thought about what you asked last night, and I think it's best we do it sooner rather than later. I've enlisted the help of Fornorst, if that is acceptable to you. And kind of thinking about it, he looks over and spots Mick off, probably still just uh, being sweet on Archibald or something. Everyone. Everyone. And says to the group as well. And I think Mick should be a part of this as well. Not just from sheer intent power standpoint, but she also has one of the longer histories with us and with you specifically, Vamak. Is anyone opposed? No, the more hands the better. I have no issue with this. Rolandier kind of takes a couple paces outside of the group, gets Mick's attention. Mickey, would you come over here for a second? Why, yes, Rolandier. My pleasure. What do you need? And walking back to the group with Mick... We're going to do something that will prevent Vamak from, well, the long and short of it, from using intent. And we need your help. Ah? Well, why on earth would you need to bind Vamak from using intent? Rolander just kind of looks between Mick <laughs> and Vamak. <laughs> I, I detect a hint of sarcasm, Rolander. <laughs> And then Mick all of a sudden says, oh, I, I'm just pulling your leg. I know exactly why. Yes, how can I be of assistance? Well, I think for the most part, the specifics can be left mainly to Fornorst, uh, honestly, as a whole, uh, partially myself and Val, but really, I think the, mo- the more focused intent that we can get, the better. Um, Fornorst, if you're comfortable with it, I'll let you take the lead in directing whatever forces you need, but however we can be at your disposal, direct us. In fact, I would say instead that you should take the lead. I will simply guide your magics where they need to go. You know your companion better than I. <sighs> All right, fine. Which of our three installments do you want to tackle first? Kind of eyeing Vamok since he's like right here. Vamok, do you wish to truly be completely left in the dark of what we're going to do? I would be interested to know what you plan to do, as long as you hide the how you plan to do it. That should be enough. Honestly, I don't know if we know how we plan to do it. (laughs) Suffice it to say then, Val, let's begin with the block. I see you are not going to tell me either way. That is... Clever, and probably wise. I I think it best. Anything else anyone needs to prepare? Looking at everyone, Vamak included. Uh, yes. Is there a way to covertly tell me exactly what devices you're using to do this? Or what are your devices, rather? I can fill Mick in via message. Okay. I won't reiterate <laughs> the plan. No, I, I, yeah, I get you. And then Mick will just say, ah, I see. 
Well, let's get to it. Let's. All right, then. I'd say, Vamak, if you, you could kneel down a bit, perhaps. Simply lower yourself. Vamak will sit down crisscross applesauce. Rolandier reaches out his left hand and just sets it firmly on Vamok's head and looks to the others. I don't know exactly what you need to do, but channel through me. And, and he kind of just looks up at the dark ceiling above. Let's be done with this. And he is going to attempt to put the good old intent inhibitor inside Vamok's brain. Okay. Val will put a hand on Rolandier's shoulder and channel his magic into him. And I think Mick will do likewise, just on the other side. Vamok involuntarily is going to resist this. Like, it's just like a natural, like, defense mechanism in his mind. That makes sense. So in this go, in addition to the block that they are putting up in Vamok's mind, Rolandier is actually going to attempt to channel as much of Vamok's inherent intent, not like his life force or anything that deep, but just the additional intent within him due to him being a godborn um, intent user of the world into himself and spread amongst uh, the others in the group. So, with the others gathered around him, Vamok kneeling in front of him, Rolandier reaches out his left hand, stretches it, plants it firmly on his forehead, and begins to channel Vamok's intent through him to the group, as well as placing a block within his memories. As soon as you do this, you hear a cacophonous rumble from across the way as this door begins to move and open. You see Katagas, Erna, Archibald, and Lyrian standing in front of it, each of them like hands outstretched as this door just starts to move, creaking apart, strange light filtering out in great beams that light upon you and your group, and just this like wave of dust that settles over all of you until it finally, with a big crack, stops moving, sitting maybe halfway open. And you hear Cad's voice booming into this darkness. This is it. This is the last step. The tomb. It should be here. You can hear Vamok's breathing change. He's like sucking in air a lot more now. Yep, Rolander's still trying. <laughs> uh, if there was no like immediate yells of like panic or things going on, Rolander's not going to attempt to not let this disturb him or the process at all. Then in that case, why don't you just do a good old intent roll? All right. My first roll is a 58. And my second roll is a 43. Not bad. And then Vamok, please make an intent roll. Here we go. Vamok got a 92 and a 96. Guess what was one of the numbers I got? 92. 92. Dana, one of your special rules come out now. That's not good. And my other one was an 85. So as you start to tap into Vamok's essence, his memories, his mind, his life, you feel this unconscious force assault you as you are taken for a split second, Rolandier, inside the mind of a madman. Noah, what does he see? At first, it is like, it is serene. It's like an idyllic mountain forest and you see this beautiful, beautiful deer walking along. 
and it is like the most beautiful thing that you have ever seen. And then from there, things start going downhill fast. You're transported to a scene of this deer being butchered on a table. And as you reach out to grab at it, flames erupt from everywhere and it's burning at you. You can hear the screams of women and children in these fires and you can see them pounding at the doors. You can see Goliaths laying dead desolation after the flames. It feels like a millstone around your neck, weighing you down as you're wrought into the depths of some unknown ocean. You feel like you can't breathe, you can't escape. There's that image of the deer, that one like ray of sunshine at the top of the surface of this water just blinks out. And it's just nothing but an oppressive pressure holding you down and you just feel this this hunger, this incessant need for more, this need to try to get more. It's like the only thing that brings you any sort of relief. It's like a narcotic and it, it just, it gnaws at you. And anytime you try to separate from that feeling, the darkness and the weight comes back. And so it's very easy to retreat towards that comforting feeling of just power, just the feeling of being able to control your fate and the fate of the world around you. But it only ever feels like you're getting a taste of it. It only ever, like, it feels like you are so close to it, but it's ever so slightly out of reach. No matter what you do, it is like, it's just, it's on the tip of your tongue and you keep reaching out for it, but it continues to elude you. As his intent was like starting to be pulled away from him. I think instinctively, Vamok's like subconscious, feeling that power being separated from him, would begin to pull back and like just like pull hard. I think that Mick will notice this and will just uh, hastily say to Val, well, he's losing the connection quick. And then Mick will put both of his hands on Rolandir and will try to channel even more so and and make that connection if he's allowed to then you make an intent roll good i rolled a 19 and 29 that's pretty good but not that good right is that what you're gonna say (laughs) depends on what i get which is very far apart so as you see rolandier start to slip you dive in after him And you too then are overcome with this just miasma of feeling and hunger and memory that isn't yours. And you see the world through Vamok's eyes, his whole life flashing before your own for a split second, and even into events that have not happened yet, imagined events to come. And then all of you are taken out of it by the booming voice of Karagas. What in Vale's name are you doing here? Can Val try something? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What you want to try? I wanna. I wanna do some things. Pulls out his Glock. <laughs> like, well, we tried. Val invents a gun with intent. No. I think he knows that, like, instinctively, that Bamak is too mentally strong for this. Like, he he's not stable. He just is this like whirling vortex of power. Val would like to attempt to transform him into an emir so that he's dead to intent. Ooh, fun. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> His looks can't get much worse 
So yeah, we'll get some gold skin in there. He'll he'll get shorter and he'll have little gold patches. <laughs> and then he'll just by the end of the show, he's going to be this conglomeration of like every race. Uh, twenty one and sixty six. It's not great. Underneath your fingers, Val, you see Vamok's skin begin to shift and change, like bubble almost, as this wave of color spreads over him. And then in strange, like almost like paint being thrown on him in these blotches of teals and browns and whites and greens... It spreads over him, and then from your fingers going outward, his skin just starts to burn away like instant necrosis. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Is Vamok conscious? Vamok, <laughs> as this is going on, and he feels this burning, like, as, as Val, like, is Val touching, like, Vamok's head? Or, like, at somewhere on Vamok? Yeah, maybe an arm. So as Val is touching... Vamok's arm. Val actually feels Vamok's hand grab his arm and he like turns around uh, and he looks Val just like dead in the eyes. He's not even paying attention to Mick or Rolandir and he's like you seek to take my power from me. All of you you seek to take it for yourselves. <sighs> Very well. If it is my power that you want, then it is my power you shall get. Rolander's gonna, he's gonna try to slash at him as soon as he, like, starts getting the, the craziness at him. Like, he had taken his hand off his head, and he drew his sword, and he's gonna try to take a, sli- a swipe at him. Can Val, like, hold a hand out for Rolander to stop? You would if, uh, who's in this circle and where's Brynir? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Brynir's like in the next room like, hey, this is pretty sweet. Got the heart to the void. <laughs> Brynir is by Luna's side. Man, this went downhill fast. Uh, then everyone but Brynir needs to make a dexterity saving throw. People within five of me, uh, within ten feet of me, get plus seven. Nope, sorry, sorry, sorry. Plus five, plus five, plus five, plus five. <laughs> Oh, nice. I got a natural 20. Oh. Even the plus five's not going to save me. That's a 12. <laughs> 21 for Rolander. 21 for Vamok as well. Ooh. Uh, wow. Well, uh, proof's in the pudding, guys. I don't know what that means. I think Cat is about to obliterate all of us. That's what I think is going to happen. This is transpiring as Vamok is about to lash out. Orlandir is about to strike him. Val's trying to stop Orlandir, and Mick's trying to hold it all together. And Fornorst is just lost in the middle of it all. Vamok, Orlandir, Mick, Fornorst, and Val are wrenched off your feet and are pushed back off of the landing with the force of a freight train that just smacks into you, knocking the wind out of you. And then, like ragdolls in a nice little semicircle there, you are just suspended in the air as you see Cad walking toward the edge of this landing. I said, what in Vale's name are you doing? In case you'd actually care to listen, Cad, we're doing what we can to ensure the longevity of this group. 
So that's one. He says, moving his head whatever amount he can. Probably none at all, but... Barely, uh, like, shaking as you try to move it a few inches to one side. Yeah, t- towards the direction of a mock. Doesn't go crazy with the power that the Heart of the Void offers. Uh, is that good enough for you? He had asked us to do so. Yes, by his own volition, he asked us to do this. It seemed as if you were about to decapitate him. That was the other option. (laughs) But it was not the intent. Intent. Cad will float everyone back to the platform and just drop you from like 10 feet above. What a chump, honestly. As you all clatter down. Vamok will fall to his hands and knees and he'll start like breathing very heavily and just... You can, you can see him, he's like continually balling his fist and then releasing it, just trying to release some of this energy, you know, get, get a lid on it. Is this a problem you think you can solve, Cat? Easily. Without killing him. Then no. <laughs> Calniace, who's been over with Brynir and Luna, has her blades drawn and has slowly made her way closer to the group. Just raising her hands, knives in hand. It's like, why don't we all just settle down a bit? Things seem to be, uh, tensions seem to be running high. If through that door there, and she points to the opening, is what we all suspect to be there, well then, why doesn't this one, if it's so problematic, just stay behind? Vamak nods his head from his hands and knees position. And Rolandir, who hasn't really taken his eyes off of Amok since being released by Katagas, still in a kind of compromised position, trying to recover himself. And I'll stay with him. The rest of you go in. Katagas's normally, like, orange-hued eyes are like a burning amber as he looks out at you all, just fuming. He says, this close, this god's damned close. And you'd all jeopardize it so readily. You know what we are like. (laughs) He doesn't say another word to that. Will you stay, Vamok? Vamok rolls over. His breathing has steadied out a bit now. He's simmered down a bit. He motions for Val to come over. Val will go. Looking to Val and Roland here, Vamok says, I will stay here. Both of you should go in. I know you have reservations about leaving me alone. Rightfully so. I was not expecting my reaction to be so extreme. But Kadagas cannot be trusted. Speaking from experience, he is not so different from myself. If anyone is to obtain the Heart of the Void, it cannot be him. I have something I might be able to do. That would leave you here, in a state in which you would not try to interfere. Uh, Val, are you sure? It will work, yes. Do it. And Rolander kind of just submits to whatever Val's going to propose. If you can try not to resist, that would make this easier. Vamok nods. Um, Val will sort of, like, wave Rolander away, because he doesn't want his paladin aura. <laughs> Getting in the way of this uh, saving throw. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> no plus fives for Vamok right now. 
Rolander takes his paces back. I'm sorry. Uh, Val will cast Feeble Mind on Vermok. So he wants to make an intelligence saving throw. Unless he doesn't resist it. Vermok would love to not resist it. But again, I think just yeah, as yeah. soon as he feels that he's being attacked, that he's he's going to go on the defensive. Yeah, Mr. Hyde in there won't let him. <laughs> yeah, honestly. You said intelligence? Yes. DC 18. That is an 11. That's a failure. So Vamok's intelligence and charisma scores become one. He can't cast spells, activate magic items, understand language, or communicate in any intelligible way. He can identify his friends, follow them, and even protect them. At the end of 30 days, he can repeat this saving throw. If it succeeds, the spell ends. 30 days? Holy wow, cow. Wow, that's actually brilliant. I mean, I mean, you know, I knew it would be, but... You know what I mean? <laughs> I never doubted you for a second, Valley Boy. (laughs) What you're trying to say. You also take some psychic damage, but I don't think Val's trying to damage you psychically. Although maybe that will let off some steam. Let's roll it. Yeah, go for it. Like I'm I'm like I'm totally here for this. I'm it's like I'm sorry. (laughs) Fifteen psychic damage. Can we make it a (laughs) hundred (laughs) and fifty? His mind just explodes. I'm not trying to kill him. <laughs> Rolandier's out for blood. <laughs> he is out for blood. That's why Val tried to stop him. That's why Val has been elected party leader. It's because Rolandier's out for blood. Exactly. <laughs> With Vamok feeble-minded, Cad turning to his party and yours, just you know, looking between the two groups. Archibald, why don't you stay here with him just in case the rest of us can press on? After Val finishes this spell, Rolandier takes a couple steps back forward towards Vamok, and he gets close enough that he can, like, look him in his eyes, and he remembers, you know, just moments before the crazed look that had been there as he was looking back up at Val, and now it's just deadened, like looking at the eyes of a dog or something who he feels can recognize him, but is just gone. And seeing this deadened look in his eyes... Rolander just turns away from him and whispers to Val it needed to be done. Val gives Rolander a very solemn nod. Um, I think it's at this moment that Mick is kind of realizing the impact of what just happened. And he actually brings his hand to his face and notices that he's crying after witnessing the mind of a madman, essentially. And he glances over to Vamok and looks at him and... We'll just just look at him with a sad, somber face. And as he continues to gaze at him, we'll say, And what about Luna? Do we bring her with us? Kelniase actually speaks up from behind you. Well, if this thing is powerful enough to kill a god, you'd think it'd be powerful enough to revive a godless. Yes, she should come with us. Well, good. I was planning on bringing her anyway. (laughs) He has her already (laughs) over his shoulder. (laughs) You take that side of the stretcher, and I'll get the other one. What do you say, Brynjir? Works for me. Val, would you care to lead us in? Yes. Val will go to the head of the group here, and just sort of, like, pause to look at Katagas. He's following, close behind. His eyes have subsided in their fiery glare a bit. (laughs) Perhaps on the way we should fill each other in on exactly what our intentions are. You've always known what my intentions are, Valness. And your plans? 
I fail to see how those are different questions. That is where you and I are different people. Care to elaborate? No. (laughs) I don't care to philosophize with you. Nor are you. I must say, though, you think me... What? Evil? Base? Misguided, perhaps? Conceited, Rolander says from behind them. (laughs) A couple people back. (laughs) Amazing. I think that you believe, genuinely, that what you want for the world is what is best. If not for the world, then for yourself, perhaps? But I don't know. I'm under the impression that those two thoughts align. Though, each is free to choose, convince themselves one way or another. You're not exactly traveling with upstanding company, you know. No, I know. There aren't many among you that are so morally above myself. He looks back at Rolandia. The blood god's godborn sure loves to shed the crimson life, doesn't he? Leonard doesn't give a response. I know my companions, Kattegas. I have chosen to stand by them. I would like to say that I would choose to stand by you, but you don't seem to want anyone by your side. I want those by my side who are willing to do the things that must be done when the time comes. Useful idiots. No. No. There are many useful idiots, and he kind of just points at Archibald outside. (laughs) Some more useful, less idiotic, and he just motions his head toward where Erna and Lyrian are following along. And those that are just useful. And he vaguely gestures to the other side of, you know, this procession where Fornorst is walking. And then there are those, Val, that would stand above me. One such as Luna, fit to rule all upon Egadon. But I fear her time with you may have softened her heart, tempered her resolve. Well, when the time comes, I hope she does what she wants. And how do you know what she wants isn't to burn the field to plant anew? I don't. I don't presume to know her thoughts. I don't presume to dictate her fate or her choices. Is that some insinuation that... Never mind. I don't think I need to insinuate anything. I think you have filled in the blanks yourself. It shouldn't be much longer. And he just nods ahead as you keep passing these pillars and arcades and alcoves and outcroppings of architecture that lead further and further along. Nothing particularly noteworthy, but all of it rather strange, mismatched, perhaps even anachronistic. And then finally, the party comes across a second door, one made of a metal that is a deep brown and sort of a sea foam color. It's obviously old, rusted, and as Cad steps forward and just lays his fingers on it gently and pushes, it flakes off in his hand and creaks ever so slightly open on broken hinges. And in this room here, 
is what you all saw when Vale delivered the vision of the Heart of the Void. You see seats, thrones, really arranged in the center of this room, this almost amphitheater-like space, though these seats are empty. Cad furrows his brow as he steps in and starts poking around. As Kelnies catches up to the group, looking inside, she kind of just harumphs to herself and says, Weren't there a few corpses or something here when we last saw it? Who knows how long ago that was. Erna, actually, Cad's Demlet companion, looks over at this and says, When you last saw it, you mean you have been here before? It was a vision. Ah. My mistake. Yes, and most notably, the corpse of the one clinging to the heart is also absent. <sighs> Rylander kind of rubs his temples. If it must be known, the one to give us the vision was Vale. Could it have been another one of his tricks, ploys, to bring us to this place for a different purpose? No, that's not possible. I saw the same thing. I too made a deal. Rylander raises an eyebrow at him. <laughs> yeah, so does Vale. <laughs> Both of Val's eyebrows go up. Sacrifices must be made. Sure you know. However, it seems our dealings were not with the most moral of fellows. And, and like, you know, kind of now pacing a little faster through the room, Rolander's like checking around them and, you know, any other nook and cranny of here that they could potentially be in. Yeah, behind each throne is a pillar of, that extends up to the ceiling and then goes around the roundel that is the you know terminal part of the room. Val, would you be able to potentially locate the heart? I can try. I'll toss up a detect magic and I'll also attempt to via intent like locate the heart of the void because I've seen it. I know what it looks like. Hold off on the intent for a second. You got it. As you bring to life this magical aura all around you, you see these figures, actually, where they should be sitting in their chairs, like little fireflies on the skin of bones and such. You see a hundred thousand points of little light that just create this aura where a skeletal figure is in each of these chairs. And in the head throne, one of them seems to be holding this thing. Uh, Val will approach the weed figure. Can you hear me? It kind of cracks its neck and turns toward you. We have come seeking the hearts of the void. It, along with all the other figures, still just ghostly outlines of skeletons, visible only to you, stand. Is it something you're willing to part with or negotiate? It, in one hand, clutches this device. You can't quite make out what it is. Close to its chest, and with the other arm, it just extends a bony hand. Does it look like he is asking for, like, a trade or for Val's hand? It's really impossible to tell. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Val will, Val will put his hand in its hand. And then, to everyone else in the room, Val disappears. 